Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others to thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of brave conversations. We'll be focusing on safe spaces as we look deeper into John chapter 4, verses 4 through 42. Let's dig in. One of the things that we realize whenever we come to scripture is one of the best examples of what it looks like to create safe space is to look at the person and the actions of Jesus. The other thing that we recognize whenever we look at the person and the action of Jesus is how important it truly is to create safe space for people. One of my favorite places where Christ creates safe space for somebody is the story of the woman at the well. Now, occasionally I'll come back to this story because I feel like it is such an important story, but I've never looked at it quite from this angle. And so we're going to take a look at it from a new angle today, but I also want to point out, and we'll talk about this just a little bit later here, that we have greatly misunderstood the story of the woman at the well and in a lot of ways have abused a woman who was already abused by the way that we tell her story. Sometimes we can remove safe space from relationships simply by getting someone's story wrong. And so we want to avoid that. Well, where we jump into the story in Act there it is again. Where we jump into the story in John chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus is traveling and is cutting through an area called Samaria. Samaria was a place that Jews typically did not go through. In fact, they would avoid this area of the country because they so disliked the Samaritans. So Jesus is cutting through Samaria, but tired from a long walk, verse 6 tells us that he sits wearily beside a well at noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Now, right out of the gate here, one of the things that we realize is people did not draw water from wells at high noon. Hottest part of the day, the women were the ones who were doing this. And so they were carrying these jugs of water on top of their heads. They would have done it very early in the morning in order to have enough water for the day or would have done it in the late afternoon or evening when the sun was low at other time. And so our first indication is that this woman is out of sorts in that she is coming to this place because it seems like the well, when the rest of the women are around, is not safe space for her. So Jesus here at this well meets this Samaritan woman and asks her if she would give him a drink of the water that she draws from the well. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. This is an important detail that Jesus is alone here. Now, why is that an important detail? It's an important detail because this is not a safe space for Jesus. Now, 
You may have thought that I was going to talk about safe space for the woman, and we will. But I want to begin by saying that this is not a safe space for Jesus. Why? Especially in this culture, especially in this time period, it was not okay for a man who was single to be seen alone with a woman who, well, we're about to find out, um, has another man back home. Further, Jesus is a, a clergyman. He's a rabbi. And so he has a level of character and integrity and expectations that have been placed upon him. And so for Jesus to be without anyone else around, without his disciples around, which is why they pointed out that the disciples weren't there, to be alone at this woman carrying on a conversation and in fact asking her to serve him, this is not a safe space for Jesus. People would have started talking. People would have started asking questions. Why are you here with this woman? Why why is she serving you? Is there a relationship here? Is there a mistress on the side? Are you are you trying to build a relationship with this woman? This is this is not okay. And so Jesus now is in a space that is actually unsafe for him because of public perception and perhaps even unsafe for him because who knows what he might fall into in relationship with this woman. So they carry on a bit of a conversation. The woman is kind of surprised that he's asking for a drink. He says, you know, I can offer you more than a drink. I can offer you living water. And the woman was surprised both by his offer and his generosity of kindness, but also she was surprised that he was even having a conversation with her. As verse nine says, she was surprised because Jews refused to have absolutely anything at all to do with Samaritans. And so it typically was an unsafe situation for a Samaritan to be in proximity to a Jew at any time because they hated them. So she says to Jesus, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replies, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. And so they go into this conversation where they discuss a little bit living water. The woman, uh, you know, essentially confesses to the fact that she has a man back home. And Jesus says, yes, I, I know you've been married five times, and, and the person who you're now living with isn't the person who's your husband and over the years, we've kind of built up around this this loose woman mentality around this girl who can't keep a man around and and now is sleeping with, with the sixth individual. And, and we see this story through that lens. But I want us to continue before we go there to consider the fact that now we know a bit of this woman's story. And now not only is this space unsafe for Jesus because he's here at noon with a woman alone at the well. Who knows what's going on? But now we know more of this woman's story. If a pastor met a prostitute at a Waffle House at 3 a.m., 
for ministry. This is getting at a little bit of the situation in which Jesus has placed himself into. So the woman says, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us because Jesus continues to say, um, the Messiah is here. The Messiah can give you living water. He can, he can change your life and change your situation. So Jesus then says, verse 26, I'm the Messiah. And just in that moment, whenever he's revealed himself and who he is, the disciples come back. And I love this. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them have the nerve to ask. And, and look at how this is, look at how this is rendered out. What do you want with her? Or, and here's the easier question perhaps to ask, but they don't even ask that. Why are you talking to her? The second question, I think probably more likely has to do with her ethnicity, with her being a Samaritan. Why are you even having a conversation with her? The first question, though, hints at what their real concern is. And that is that Jesus has placed himself seemingly intentionally in an unsafe situation for him. Jesus, what are you doing here? Are you, are you trying to, to get into a physical relationship with this woman? Are you, did we catch you red handed? What's, what's going on here? So now, now the disciples are, are wondering why Jesus is in this space, why he's carrying on a conversation. Even if he's doing ministry, this isn't the time or the place for ministry. So the woman, perhaps realizing what was going on in their perceptions, leaves her water jar beside the well. Um, that was an abnormal thing to do. It means she's coming back. And she runs back to the village and she tells everyone, come and see a man who told me everything that I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people come streaming from the village to see him. Now, the fact that the people listen to this woman means that we have misjudged the woman. The woman's been lied about uh, for nearly 2,000 years now because what's going on here is not that she is a woman of the night or a woman of ill repute. She's not living in the, the red light district of this little town in Samaria um, she's been taken advantage of by these men. And the most likely story is here is that she is infertile. The most likely story here is that she is unable to produce a child. And in that day and age, a man had the right and regularly divorced a woman who could not produce an heir. And so five men have essentially taken advantage of her and then left her behind because she was not able to, to produce something for them. And the sixth, the sixth didn't care. He was essentially just using her for sex. But because the townspeople know that she is not the one who is greatly sinning here over and over again, um, she still has her reputation. Because she has her reputation, they come out to the well to see about this man. So many Samaritans from the village, verse 39 says, end up believing in Jesus because the woman had said, 
He told my story. He told my story. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. And now we know that he indeed is the savior of the world. All of this because Jesus created a safe space for this woman to be honest with her story, but also because Jesus entered a space that was unsafe for him. And so here's where we land today. And this one, this one's counterintuitive. I have to tell you this one, I, I, I struggle with putting into words because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to imagine me living this out and what this looks like. And, um, I think there has to certainly probably be caution, but, but I wonder if we're not just too cautious. Creating safe space for others may mean entering uncomfortable space for ourselves. It may be having conversations with people and building relationships with people that the world, our neighbors, the rest of our friend groups say, you shouldn't be spending time with that person. You shouldn't be speaking with that person. You shouldn't be shouldn't be in relationship with that person. You know, all of us tend to build relationships, friendships with people who are like us, who enjoy the same hobbies, who enjoy the same um, politics, who enjoy um, the same color of skin and socioeconomic class. And so what I see Jesus doing here is breaking out of the norm of the white, young, and middle-aged apostles that were around him and entering space of the other, entering space of people who were different, who had stories, who had a past, who had a complicated present, who was, in this case, a different gender, which was a really big deal, and a different ethnic background, which is a super, super big deal in those days. And so Jesus is willing to enter uncomfortable space in order to create safe space for someone else. What uncomfortable spaces might Christ be calling you and I to so that we can create safety for someone else who up until now, up until you involve yourself, has had no safety. This Bible study on Brave Conversations is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ's Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. 
When you get over to Christstable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on safe spaces. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.